0: The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace Richmond Hills. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Wherever you are, whether you are on site, or whether you are watching, online i like you to lift up your hands and exalt the immortal the invisible god only wise he is most blessed he is most glorious he is the ancient of days there is no god that can compare with him i like you to celebrate him this morning I'd like you to adore him this morning. I'd like you to magnify him in the beauty of all holiness. He is the reason why we are here. He is the reason why we are alive. There's no God that can compare with him. He's God all by himself. Sufficient for all things and to all things. Jesus, we adore you. Father, we thank you. Mighty one of Israel, we exalt your name. Accept our thanks, accept our praise, accept our worship. You alone deserve all the glory. We exalt you forever. We exalt you. We exalt you. We We exalt you. Let's sing the song you alone deserve Deserve thousand tongues it will never ever be sufficient to give you praise but we worship you today accept our thanks and our praise for in Jesus mighty name we give worship let's jam those hands and celebrate the king of kings, and the lord of lords and those of you that are online jam those hands, magnify him in the beauty of all holiness It's worthy of our praise, worthy of our worship. We give you thanks, our Father. Hallelujah to your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. You may please be seated. Those of you who are on site, the Lord bless you, fragrance of life. And those of you who are watching online, the Lord bless you as well. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'd like you to say to someone or put it out there in the chat room, my new season has just started. It will not end. In the mighty name of Jesus. I don't know about you, even though the month is wrapping up. But this new season, this new beginning is not coming to an end in my life. It's just only a beginning. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. I- I'd like to once again welcome those who are watching online. We appreciate you. And thank you always for connecting with us. And it's my prayer that God will bless you richly. In Jesus' mighty name. As well, I'd like to encourage... As many that would like to join us in person, we have a couple of seats still available. You can join us and be a part of the service on site. It's usually not the same. And I want to believe God that as you, make our time to join us. The Lord as well will reach out to you in Jesus' mighty name. Let's not forget that next Sunday is our multicultural praise service. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. But what God is about to do next Sunday. So I'd like you to get ready, get ready. Now, if you don't register, please don't come. If you don't register, don't come. Just stay at home and watch. That is simply because this place is going to be packed full. So if you don't register, we're going to probably send you back home. So if you want to be part of the service, I'd like to encourage you, please register because there's limited seats and it's only going to be available for those who can register for the service. We we need to keep to the required social distancing platform. So the um, link is going to come out by the special grace of God between tomorrow and Tuesday. And I'd like you to kindly um, register accordingly so that you can find space. Praise the name of the Lord. But please, if you don't find space, um, get ready your dancing shoe next Sunday. Uh, Prepare yourself because I'd like you to do it in an unusual way. Give God Quality dance and quality praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. We are going to be wrapping by the special grace of God. What we've been talking about from the beginning of the month. For those who have taken time to to watch or to be in person for all of our services. We started talking about new beginning. New beginning and we took our text From the book of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and verse 19, we said, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. It says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will make a way or make a road in the wilderness and reverse In the desert. In the desert. And I'd like to please encourage you. If you have not watched or you've not been part of the rest of the services. From the first Sunday of this month. Please go online. Check out the services. Listen to the messages. And I want to believe that it's going to be a blessing to you. And if you're not yet subscribed to our church app. You can subscribe to it as well. And I am certain that you can get all the messages to listen to on the go in the mighty name of Jesus. But, but this morning I'm, I'm going to be speaking on what I've titled dealing with delays. Dealing with delays. Dealing with delays. Every now and then when God gives a word, when there is an expectation of what we are looking forward to, where there's something we are believing God for, Sometimes it comes with a delay. So what do we do when those delay moments come in? When things does not add up to what God has said. When it looks as if there's a far cry between the promises that God has made to us and the reality of our personality or the things that God is doing in our lives. How do we navigate through the seasons and through the terrain to be able to know what to do per time and per season? Pray that God will speak to us. Father, we ask that God you open our hearts. Lord in heaven, you will speak to us words of life. Let your word transform us. May we not be hearers of your word only, but Lord, may we be doers. Anoint my lips. May I not speak of myself, but may I speak what you have placed in my heart, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'd like you to turn around once more to someone to your left and tell someone to your right. And if you're watching online, put it out there in the chat room. No verdict is final. No verdict is final. There's nothing that anyone says to you that is final. Nothing. Nothing is final. No medical report that you get that is contrary to what God has said is final. No marital challenge is final. No. Nothing or rejection letter that you may have received is final. Hear what the word of God says in Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse 21. Ezekiel chapter 12, reading verse 21 to verse 23. And I, I think that this word is for someone under the sound of my voice this morning. Ezekiel 12, 21 to verse 23. He says, And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, what is this proverb? What is this talk? What is this thing that people have been saying about the land of Israel? Have been saying about your life. The delays are prolonged, and every vision fails. What is it that people are saying about you? Oh, you've been believing God for such a long time and it doesn't seem to be coming to pass. What is it that people have been saying? Your friends have alluded to it. There's so much delay about your life. Verse 23, it says, tell them. The Lord has asked me to tell someone under the sound of my voice, watching online or in person. Thus says the Lord, I will lay this proverb to rest. I like the way that the King James Version puts it. The the, the King James Version puts it this way. He said, I will make this proverb cease. In order words, everything that was prolonged shall no longer be prolonged. Everything that was prolonged shall no longer be prolonged. He says, but say to them, this proverb shall cease. They shall no more use it in, as a proverb in throne of grace. They shall say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effects are visible. Every vision is real, friends. Everything that God has said to you about your life, about your marriage, about your destiny, about your ma- everything concerning you, they shall come to pass. It shall not be long. In the mighty name of Jesus. It shall not be long. It shall not be long. It shall not be long. Often and again, we come face to face with real life challenges where we have verdicts. Verdicts from doctors. Verdicts at the workplace. Verdicts from Canada Immigration Agency. Verdicts from uh, even, even people around us, circumstances of life, tell you this is the end of the road. This is the end of the road. But friends, when God does a new thing, he makes every verdict come to an end. He brings to an end every hopeless situation. He frustrates everything that ordinarily people have thought that this is the end. Listen, friends, the truth is that man's opinion may be a verdict to that man, but that is not a verdict in terms of God's agenda for your life. Man may say this is the end, but has God said so? No, God has not said so. Most times when we get a medical report that says this is the end, we we are tempted to embrace it. But do you know that man's knowledge is limited? Medical opinions are limited. They are absolutely limited. And friends, God is saying to you and I that everything in your life that looks prolonged, They shall no longer be prolonged in the mighty name of Jesus. I was speaking to someone in the course of the week. And he said to me, Israel, I've had to struggle and to fight for everything. I struggled through school. For everyone, it was just easy, easy, easy going. I struggled to get a wife. For everyone, it was, for, for most men, sometimes it's easy to get a wife. For some people, they are, the challenge is a choice of who to marry. But for, he said, for me, I struggled, struggled. And he started counting the number of women that he has he approached and they rejected him. And then he said, I, I struggled to get my immigration papers, and he started cataloging them. And he said. I, I want the struggles to come to an end. And this scripture came to mind. Is there someone hearing the sound of my voice who is listening to me and who is saying the same way? I've struggled all my life to get to where I am. I keep pushing, I keep pushing, I keep pushing. What takes others easy things or easy steps to achieve? I find myself going through hard labor to achieve the same. God is saying to you this morning, it shall no longer be prolonged. It shall no longer be prolonged. It shall no longer be prolonged. Friends, I'd like you to take a note. Even when God says so, things can change with God. How much more man? God can change his mind. God can change his mind. So even if, even if, even if for, for instance, you think, oh, I've made a mistake. The reason why I'm suffering or going through the things I'm going through is because God is against me because of the mistakes I have made. God can change his mind. God said to, Ezekiel, I mean to the, uh, uh, Isaiah, go tell Ezekiel, put your house together because you're about to die. And then the prophet went away. And then the man turned and said, God, you can't now. You just can't kill me. You can't. The Bible says he wept bitterly before the presence of God. Second Kings chapter 20, the Bible from verse 1 to verse 10. So he turned to God, he cried and wept bitterly. The man of God had not gone very far. <laughs> that is why every man of God must be careful of the kind of prophecy they give. Because God can change his mind. The man of God had not gone very far. You know, and then he turned, God said, go back and tell him, I've changed my mind. Changed my mind. One of the prophets cried out, he said, Lord, you deceived me. You deceived me. You said I should prophesy. I prophesied. But how come you changed your mind? God can change his mind. So no matter where you are, what experiences you've been through in the past that you think that is holding you down, no, friends, it cannot hold you down. You all, you, all you need to do is to come to a place where you can go, come back to God and say, Lord, I want to change. I want to change. I want to change. Exodus chapter 32, verse 14, God changed his mind. The Bible says that God said to Moses, leave me alone. If I, when I read that scripture at times, I'm I'm, I'm 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 laughing in my heart. How can God be telling a man leave me alone, let me kill these people? Leave me alone. If you look, if you go back, go to Exodus chapter 32, read the whole verse. You see God, a whole God telling Moses, Leave me alone, leave me alone, let me wipe them out, let me kill them. Let me do what. Let me let me just raise an offspring. You know, some generation of people from you that are holier, better than this ones. If it's some of us, some of us will be oh, hallelujah, Father, thank you. <laughs> oh, you want to use me? You want to use me to shine? Lord, do it, Lord. But the Bible says that Moses did pleaded with God, pleaded with God, and in verse fourteen, the Scripture says, and I like to read it from the NLT version. He says, and the Lord changed His mind. The Lord changed his mind. Never look at your past and judge your tomorrow because God can change his mind. God can change his mind. All you only need to do is to understand what He needs to be done to have God make a change of heart. The question is, how do we deal with the challenges? Because oftentimes, the delays will always come. Sometimes, There will be delays. There will always be delays sometimes. Sometimes it's not rocket science that you ask, God gives you a word, it happens immediately. And I'd like us to understand that. Because most of us, New New Testament believers, we feel that once God has said it, it's going to happen immediately. That's not factually and spiritually correct. The reason why many of us feel that every time God says something, it has to be happen immediately is because we live in a microwave world. Everything instant. Drive through. We just want it now. Lord, bless me now. Lord, increase me now. Lord, promote me now. Lord, do this now. Without knowing that most times, God wants to build you up for the things he wants you to receive. The Bible says he said to Abraham, I I am going to bless you and you shall be a blessing. I have given you, I'm going to give you a son and on and on. But what did the scriptures say? If you look at scriptures, it took 25 years for Abraham to get the miracle. So what do we do? The first thing we've got to understand in in context of what to do is that you must understand that delay is not denial. Delay is not denial. Everything that God has said to do, friends, in your life, understand that there's a process to it. Delay can never be, and it's not denial. So if God says to you, I will do this for you, and there seems to be a delay, just know that there's a process you've got to go through. It's a process. It's a process. Delay simply means that God is working on something. Delay simply means that maybe it's not the appointed time yet. There's always an appointed time for everything. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3, it says for the vision is yet for what? For an appointed time. There's an appointed time to eat, an appointed time. For an appointed time. In other words, it shall speak. At some point, it will manifest. So friends, when they say delay, don't think that the world is closing down on you. Don't think, oh God, where have you gone? Oh, Lord, are you on recess? <laughs> oh, 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 Lord, you know, why, why, why is my case like this? No. no. So you don't lose heart. You don't faint. No. But what do you do? You, you grasp the understanding that irrespective of the fact that there's a delay, there's a hope that tomorrow shall be better. Tell somebody there's hope. Put it out there on the line. There's hope. There's hope that the tomorrow will be better than today. That is what it means to do what. That is what it means that the delay is not the denial. You keep looking up with expectation of a great tomorrow that is better than today. Listening friends, the scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 4. It says for as many that are joined to the living, there is hope. There is hope. There's hope. Tomorrow is better than today. Your best is yet to come. There is hope. It does not matter how long it takes. Abraham kept looking forward to the promises. And that's why God told him, come out and look at the stars. So that you can know that there is hope. There's hope. There's hope for a change. There's hope for a transformation. There's hope. There's hope for a new beginning. And friends, you must look up to God with hope. Because hope is the anchor of the soul. Without hope, faith cannot stand. The reason why many people give up, give up on anything, give up on career, give up on business, give up on their children, give up on marriage, give up on anything, is simply because they lost hope. They lost hope. They lost hope. They, they, they looked at every side of the equation and they said, Look, hey, I, I I don't think, I don't think, I don't think there's still more hope here. That's the reason why people commit suicide. That's the reason why people kill themselves. So there's not nothing to live for. But friends, the Bible tells me that even, if it, if, even for a tree, there's hope for a tree. How much more you and I? It says in Job 14 verse 17. He says for there is hope for a tree. There's hope for a tree. Even if it is cut down, it shall sprout again. Have you seen trees before that is cut down and is just lying down there? Even when it is lying down, you see the thing shooting up, you know, somewhere out there. It's at the scent of water, making contact with water. said, "No for you to shoot out. And everyone under the sound of my voice, there's hope for you in the mighty name of Jesus. The second thing to understand, between the manifestation of everything that God has said to you, the promise and the realization You must get a word. We talked about this a couple of times over. You must get a word. Tell somebody, get a word. Tell someone else, get a word. Ask the word God saying. God must be saying something. God must be saying something. God must be saying something. Every hope is rooted on word. For your hope to be strong, it has to be rooted on something has to be rooted on something. Get a word. Get a word. There's a very interesting story I find in the book of James, I mean, Judges, Judges chapter 20. Time is not going to permit us to read the story, but I'm going to paraphrase some aspect of the story this morning. In the book of Judges chapter 20, you know, the the, the tribe of Benjamin, some riffrats or some, you know, guys did some terrible things. They defied a woman and messed her up. In the process of that, the woman died. Now, the husband did not know what to do. Such a thing had never happened before in Israel. So, the husband, instead of going to bury the woman, said he cut the body into 12 parts and then sent it out to the tribes of Israel. He said, Look at what they did to my wife. And by the time the elders called this man to give an account of what happened, the man explained what happened, how he was traveling, and he decided to stop by in the land of Benjamin. And then somewhere along the line in the night, they came and they defiled the wife and on and on. And then Israel came to Benjamin and said, bring the guys out that did this thing. Just bring the guys out. And they refused. Can you imagine people have done something bad? You say, bring them out. And then they refused. Bring them out and they refused. So Israel mustered the army and said, look hey, we're going to kill you guys now if you don't bring them out. What gave them the audacity? I don't know. Over 400,000 men marshalled out their forces against about twenty six thousand people or thereabouts. And they they were still ready to fight. Now... These guys would have said, hey, we are 400,000. Let's not even bother. Natural sense says that the the population was more than enough to overwhelm the tribe of Benjamin. Very interesting story. But what did these guys do? They didn't just jump into war because sense says that, look, 400,000 people people will overtake, overthrow, overrun 20,000 or 26,000 people. But the Bible says that they went and inquired of the Lord. Lord, what would you say? What do you say in this matter? They sought for a word. And in verse 18 of the book of Judges, I mean, like chapter 20, they said to the Lord, What should we do? He said, The children of Israel arose and went to the house of the Lord to inquire. In other words, they wanted a word. It does not make sense to go to God when everything looks so clear. And most times, that's what many of us do. We think, Why should I even go and bother God about this? I'm moving house. It just makes sense now. Anywhere, get house. Anywhere, get house. No, you got to ask God, inquire the Lord, what shall I do? What should I do? What should I do? Oh, I like to apply for a job in different places. Let me just scatter my resume all over the place. Have you asked God what you should do? Get a word, get a word, get a word. Get a word because sometimes the things that make natural sense does not make sense with God. doesn't. So you've got to get a word. But, 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 but let me quickly fast track. Now, God gave them a word. And that is the next point I want to make. That God gives you a word does not mean that challenges won't come. Because most times, many of us have received words. Oh, God, have said to you, look, your future is going to be colorful. I'm going to make it bright. And you feel you're going to be a shining light. Everything about you, everything about life, everything about you is going to be wonderful. And then the next moment, you see one problem to the other. And you're saying, Lord, but I thought you said, oh, come over to Canada and everything will be good. And then you step in and you realize that even to get a job is a problem. <laughs> and then the kind of job you're getting is not befitting what you had done before. You're saying to yourself, but Lord, I thought you said, I thought you said. Oh, should I I stay in Cana or should I just go back to Egypt? Oh Lord, in Egypt I was eating uh, garlic and I was eating, uh, you know, I was eating all sorts of, you know. But here here am I in Cana, Cana of uh, Toronto. And uh, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even balance, I can't balance my equation. But when I was out there in Nigeria, everything was working well. When I was out there in Africa, wherever it is you from, you everything was working well. But what is, what are you saying? That God has given you a word does not mean that the challenges won't come. The Bible says, when you pass through the valley of the shadow of death, He say, I will be there. In other words, God recognizes that you pass through it someone hearing the sound of my voice, you are passing through a difficult time in your life and you are thinking, where are you, God? God knew before the foundations of the earth that you're going to go through it. So God gave these guys a word in verse 18. But look, guess what? If you go down the verse of scripture, 26,000 people killed 26,000 of Israelites. And I said, God, what is, what is going on here? What is going on here? First day, This small group of people killed about 26,000 people first day, and they they, they went back. I would have thought that they would have given up. I would have thought that they have closed the chapter. But they went back to God and said, Lord, what are you doing? What is going on here? They required of God a word again. And the second day, the Bible says that they they cried, they prayed, and they did all sorts unto God. And then God also gave them an assurance. Go. And then they went again. And they killed 18,000 people. If it were you, what would you say? I think I I must be hearing wrong. (laughs) There must be something wrong here. I think let's just pack our loads, Let's just pack our kaya. You know, let's pack our things and go home. But no, the third day, the Bible says that these people went back to God for the third time. And, and I like what they did, you know, in, 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 for, the, for the third time. And, and that is where I'm, I'll be pushing on somewhere, somewhere along the line. But the, what I want to emphasize this morning, friends, is that the third time, what God has said came to pass. What makes much meaning for everyone that every one of us must hold to is the fact that if God says it, it doesn't matter how long it will take. Grab and hold it because it shall come to pass. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, God has said certain things to you concerning your destiny. And somewhere along the line, you are wondering, Lord, why is it taking so long? The Lord has sent me to tell you, it shall no longer be long. That's pregnancy you're believing God for shall no longer be prolonged. That financial turnaround shall no longer be prolonged. That health issue shall no longer be prolonged. Get a word and hold to it. The fourth thing between dealing with delays is that you must learn to encourage yourself in your journey. Tell somebody encourage yourself. Tell someone else, encourage us. Put it out in the chat room. Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Every one of us must understand and know how to encourage ourselves in life. If you don't know how to encourage yourself, sorry, too bad. Nobody's going to encourage you. Sometimes people will give you a pat on the back. Oh, boy, you're doing well. Don't worry. Things will be good. Don't worry. Life will be okay. It's just a matter of time. Keep holding on. You'll be all right. But there will be seasons in your life where you will want someone to encourage you and there will be nobody to encourage you. No no one. No one. I remember once, you know, (laughs) let me know good there. Judas chapter 20. Judges. I don't want. I'm calling this guy Judas. (laughs) Judges chapter 20. And verse 22. Judges 20 and verse 22. Look at these guys. After first day, after second day, the Bible says that the people, that is the men of Israel, in Judges chapter 20 and verse 22, encouraged themselves. And they formed the battle line again. They encouraged themselves. One man in scripture that was specialized or who knew how to encourage himself was a man called David. Oh, and, and if you look at scriptures, you realize that a couple of the scriptures that we read is David encouraging himself. The Bible says at some point in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, it says, David was greatly distressed. Have you come to a place in your life before when everything looks upside down and things look so distressing? The Bible says for the people thought of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved. Every man for his son and for his daughter. But what did David do? The Bible says that David encouraged himself. David encouraged himself. David encouraged himself. David encouraged himself. David understood how to encourage himself. If many of us read Psalms 123. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you know that, that was, those were words of David encouraging himself? Oh, they said to David in the book of, if you, look, if you read through the book of Psalms 118, you see David time and time again encouraging himself. They said to him, the people have deserted you. Everybody has gone away. Everyone has left you. But David said in Psalms 118 and verse 6, he says, the Lord is on my side. I don't fear. I'm not, I won't be afraid. Let anyone, everyone who wants to live, leave. leave. He said, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? He encouraged himself. He encouraged himself. They told him, hey, your son has had, had abandoned you. Not only your son, the advisors, one of the great advisors, Ahitophel, had abandoned you. But David did what in verse 8 of 118. He says, David said to himself, he says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to do or to put confidence in man. What was he doing? He was encouraging himself. In other words, let Ahitophel go, but I will put my trust in God rather than man. And then he moved on to verse 9. He said, It is better to put trust in God than to put confidence. confidence. Confidence in my son, princess. David encouraged himself. Encouraged himself. In in, in verse 17, they said to him, hey, your son is coming after you. He's coming with mass armies of people. But what did he say in verse 17? He said, I shall not die. But I do what I will leave to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. Is someone hearing the sound of my voice? Life have dealt bad with you. You have been in a distracting situation. Marriage has been upside down. It is time to do what: square your shoulder up and declare, encourage yourself encourage yourself. My tomorrow is better than my today. I will not die but live to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. When men are saying there's a casting down for me there are liftings of joy in the name of Jesus. In this land where God has planted me, I shall be fat, I shall be flourishing. The man may not come yet, but I believe Jehovah that the time comes at the appointed time, he will show up. The woman will show up. The glory of God is upon me Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. You he said, The time you need to encourage yourself most is when you are out there, down there in the bed, lying down, and you are tossing. Then something is telling you, You know, you just finished, you know. You just finished. You can't even pay your bills. Every time they call you from home to send some money, you don't even have anything to send. Uh, is it the kind of life you live in? Life is better than this. Why not just end it? Why not just give up? That's the time to encourage yourself. Pick up a song in the midnight hour. Ah. Pick up a song and encourage yourself. Why? Because the more you encourage yourself, you, you realize that the best it is for you. Sometimes I will just scream out you know, from the depths of my heart, Israel, it is well with you. Let's nobody talk you out of the blessings and the goodness that God has for you. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, your best days are ahead in the mighty name of Jesus. Your best days are ahead in the mighty name of Jesus. God has not finished working in you and everything he has said concerning you. He will bring it to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. And the, fourth thing, the fourth thing to do when you've encountered the delays is that friends, apart from encouraging yourself, you've got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing, you got to keep pushing. First day these guys went, they failed, they came back. They got a word, they encouraged themselves. They moved on the second day, they went, they failed. They came back, they wept, they got a word. They encourage themselves. They want the third day. You got to keep pushing because you don't know when the miracle is going to happen. No one knows. No one knows when the miracle is going to happen. I've shared this story several times over and over again. You know, I came into this country for the first time, you know, when not the first time, when I wanted to settle down in 20, 2010. In 2011, I was applying to a couple of places and I couldn't get the kind of job I was looking for. And I started taking some time to pray. I felt it is time to move into business. And uh, applied to a couple of places in terms of what kind of business I wanted to do and all that stuff. And I settled for one. But how to get money, financing became an issue. Everybody said to me, look, hey, Israel, just forget about it. You're just new. No credit history. Even quite don't have your records. And you know, in this place you need a queifers, your transunion to give you some kind of rating for you to be able to get uh, financing. Forget about it. You don't even know the culture of the land. But Daniel was were trained for three years, three and a half years before they understood the culture. Those were the things running in my mind. So, how, how do you think that you've never you've never stayed one year? How about look at scriptures now? Look at scriptures. Man, you know, I said, I'm going to go ahead because I, I, I felt I had a word. I applied for the first bank. The first bank, they denied it. The second one, they denied application. The third one, they denied. The fourth one, they denied. <laughs> I went back. I sat, sat down. I said, Israel, are you really sure that uh, <laughs> this venture you are going? Why not just uh, <laughs> Why not just respect yourself? Go and look for a job and just pick it and go. But friends, if God says a thing, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Stay on the course of what he has said to you. Because it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. So I folded after going back and then I encouraged myself that I put things together again. And then I started asking questions, how do they get loan here? And somebody—that's when I underst- understood that the difference between getting a loan in Nigeria and getting a loan here in Canada, there's there's no much difference. That's a, that's a message for another day. <laughs> uh, so so I, I I I took my documents and and, and I realized that uh, uh, all I needed to do was to give my documents to a, a business broker. So the business broker packaged my documents for me and, and then packaged it and then submitted my application and then that was it. Within less than one month, I got, I got approval. But, but what am I saying? If, for instance, I've given up, oh, I will not be where I am today in terms of my business drives and goals. Friends, you must make up your mind. If you don't win, if you don't fight, you're not going to win. We can't win. You don't can't win. If I if you don't write an exam, you can't pass. If you say, Oh, I've been writing this exam, it's, it's time. Let me just let me just pack it up. You have ended the story. You have ended the line. I have a friend who wrote an exam for ten times. One exam. One. <laughs> Some people say. Hi. We started a professional program together. This professional program, standardly, if you write the exams over the period of time, it will take you about two and a half years to write. That's a professional exam, accounting professional exam. This guy wrote his exam for 10 years. One stage, he was writing it for 10, 10, 10 times. But he would have packed it up. But he said, I'm not giving up. I'm not packing it up. He took one year sabbatical. I came back again. He wrote it. He banged it. He took two years sabbatic. I went back to do a master's program. He came back again. He banged it. And some people said, hey, why not just leave this thing? Maybe it's not God. Maybe it's not God. He said, I don't have abandoned projects in my life. This exam, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it. And guess what? Guess what? When he finished the exam... The series of job opportunities that opened for him within the context of that field was amazing, phenomenal. We must not give up. We've got to keep pushing. Got to keep pushing. Got to keep pushing. You've pushed for some time and you're not getting the results, push some more. You prayed and you're not getting results, pray some more. Or you prayed by yourself, why not call other people to pray with you? You've sought counsel. What are you still called success of counsel? The Bible says that this the third time, look at what the people did to the third time. The third time they prayed. Not only did they pray, they added fasting to it. Some of you, maybe you need to add fasting to what you have done or what you are doing. Or maybe you have finished adding fasting to it and it still not have worked. Do what? Add the third layer. The Bible says that these people prayed. They added fasting to it. And then in verse 26, the Bible says to us, they created an additional strategy. They took an offering. I don't know that you guys read some of the things I read in Bible. Somebody will say, nah, pastor, you come with offering." But, but, scriptures, 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 scriptures. You see, one day I was reading the book of Psalms, Psalms 50, and, 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 and 14, verse 15, verse 16. And I was in big challenge. And the Bible says, it says, offer unto God, thanksgiving. It, some translation puts, puts it in a, another way. It says, offer unto God, thanksgiving, sacrifice. And, and it, say, it says, and pay your vows. And I started thinking in my head, oh God, which, what vow did I make that I've not paid? And I started thinking in my head, oh, what vow did I make? And I thought, through and here, through now and then, you know, because the most times when you see scriptures that you catch revelation on, if you apply those revelations on the scriptures you catch on, it makes a world of difference. I don't know why, for these people, the scripture says they prayed, they fasted, they did a bond offering, they did a peace offering in Judges chapter 20 and verse 26, and then suddenly everything opened. When I came across that scripture in verse 14, chapter 50 of the book of Psalms, when I was in bad situation 2006, I looked at every vow that I made. I said, God, I made this vow, I made this vow. Some of them I have redeemed, some of them I have not redeemed, some of them I have I've paid, some of them I have not paid. I said, I make up my mind, said, The ones I have not paid, I'm going to pay it. And then I took an offering. I said, Lord, you said I should offer unto you, thanksgiving. This is my thanksgiving offering. I come to you. now. I laid it on the altar. And, and I said, Lord, you said offer unto me thanksgiving. Pay your vows. I paid my vows. He said, the next thing says, call upon me. Look at it in verse 15. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble. And I will deliver you. And you shall glorify me. I said, Lord, it is about time that I begin to glorify you. And do what? I called upon God. It was like magic. The tide turned. The tide turned. The third day for these guys, they did something else. Friends, you've got to keep pushing. What is it that you are doing and you've not get, gotten the results you desire? Change your strategy. And do something more. Do something more. Do something more. Do something more. I hear God say to me concerning someone, your tide is going to change in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 5, sorry, the fifth point. I'd like to quickly run so that I can wrap up. I think I'll talk on two more, and then we'll wrap up. Trust God for divine visitation. You want to end delays? Trust God for divine visitation. Nothing is off the table. Nothing. When we deal with God, nothing is off the table. If God Visited people in the Old Testament. I always believe God for divine visitation. There are certain times in my mind I'm saying to God, Lord, are you going to show yourself today? Are you going to show yourself? The Bible says that God used to talk to Abraham. The Bible says he visited him. People were going on the face of the earth to go destroyed this destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and they said God said I, I can't just pass like that so God showed up and they talked talked with Abraham and moved on God used to speak to Moses face to face if God visits people make no mistakes friends God still visits people in our day so why will my case be different Why will my case be different? God, you can visit me. So you're going to trust God for divine visitation. Don't take away the issues of divine visitation. Some people may say, oh, no, no, this is irredeemable. Irreparable. Who said? Who said? When we're dealing with God, there is no irredeemability. Nothing is irredeemable. Nothing. Trust Him. And trust simply means you have a firm belief that God is going to visit you. You don't know how. But it's a firm belief. It's a firm belief. You strongly trust. You strongly believe that there's something that God is going to do. And that was what kept this woman with the issue of blood going. That was what kept her going. How if she have finished from one doctor and they gave her a bad report, they finished her money, she moved on to the next doctor. Why? She had a firm belief that something was going to happen. She moved on to the next doctor. And then everything was the same bad report. She moved on to the next doctor. Same bad report to to the next doctor. And same bad report. And then she came back. And I said, this time around, I am going to touch her. Divine visitation. Divine visitation. Listen, friends, sometimes God intercepts time and humanity and steps into the affairs of men. He does. But if you don't trust him for him, how will he do that? How will he do that? God visits the earth. He does. The Bible says of Hannah, and God visited Hannah. The Bible says of Sarah, God visited Sarah. The Bible says of Mary, and God visited Mary. What about Elizabeth? God visited her. If you look at Jeremiah chapter 27 and verse 22, I, I like this. Jeremiah 27 verse 22. It says, Then they shall be carried to Babylon. This was, you know, God speaking there. And there they shall be until the day that I visit them. In other words, God visits. He visits, says the Lord. Now when I visit them, what do I do? I will restore them. I will restore them. To the place where I've originally planned for them. Everyone hearing the sound of my voice. When God visits you, he will turn around your tide. And restore you to the fullness of all that he has ordained for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. May God intercept your life and visit you. May he visit you. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice. God can visit your child. Can visit your career. Can visit your business. It can visit your health. It can visit your marriage and turn things around. Now I am believing him for a visitation. I'm believing him for a visitation. And sometimes I don't know my, my Sometimes my mind goes wide. Because, because there's so much that I want to do for God with money. Sometimes I'm thinking in my head, Lord, maybe one day you send one man. Just to give me a billion dollars. That's how, sorry, that's how my mind works. Maybe you send somebody and, 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 and then, so what will you do with the one billion dollars? First thing, all the pastors who are complaining that they don't have enough money to do the church of God, I'll put them on payroll. I plant churches all over. I plant crusades. Say, Jill, just start preaching. <laughs> 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 it's, well, sorry, that is my thoughts. You can take your own. It's true. But but I know that God visits. I know. I know for a sure that God visits man. And everyone under the sound of my voice, every area of your life where you need a visitation, may God visit you in the mighty name of Jesus. My points. point. After you don't know, you need to increase your appreciation level. Increase your appreciation level. Your appreciation. Your appreciation. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, In everything, give thanks. Everything. He said, give thanks. Listen, friends. Many times, many of us think that God owes us something. God does not owe any man anything. He doesn't. Yes, he wants to bless you and I. But it is not obligatory. It doesn't owe us anything. When Job was arguing with God and saying, look, hey, I, 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 you owe me. I'm, I'm righteous. I have not seen. I have not done this. So why should, I be, why should I be going through this kind of reproach? Why should my life be so messed up? When God confronted him in chapter 41, chapter 40 and chapter 41, the man kept quiet. And in verse forty-one, in chapter forty-one, verse eleven, God Himself had to say. I think He's in, in the King James version. He said, "I owe no man nothing. Everything under heaven is mine. Everything under heaven. He say, I owe no one nothing." Listen, friends, God does not owe you anything. He does not owe me anything. He doesn't. Because sometimes people say God is not fair to me. I had people before say, uh, I asked him to do this for me. Lord, if you don't do it now, I will backslide. <laughs> <laughs> real, real life. A sister once told, <laughs> told me that, Pastor, if God, if God does not do this now, if he doesn't do it before so so and so time, I will just backslide. <laughs> <laughs> Bas slide you the baslide. As if as if basliding you are doing God a favor. You're not doing God a favor. You're not doing your favor. It is it is of your own benefit to stay in him. It's your, of your benefit. It's a benefit. Oh so, oh Lord, if you don't do it, I'm not gonna to come to church again. So be it. Stay at home. Stay at home. But but friends. Sometimes we deal with God as if God, we are, God is indebted to us. No, He's not indebted to us. If anything, He does for you or does for me is because of grace and mercy. And that is why we must always learn to do what to appreciate Him, appreciate Him, appreciate Him for where you are. That things that you are where you are and you are what you are, you, the level at which you are now is because of grace and mercy. Make no mistakes. You are not better than many that are out there who are blood or not in the same level with us. There are many people in an asylum. Many in the hospital bed. Many locked up in correction centers. We're not better than them. Oh, I know for sure they're not better than many. The Bible says, see, that not many wise are called, not many nobles, but, but God, by his mercy, has called you and I. It's enough to thank him. It's enough to thank him. It's enough to be grateful. It's enough to be grateful. It's enough to be grateful. The, the truth is that it, when, 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 when we weigh ourselves within the context of our righteousness that the Bible calls fieldy racks and God, we deserve to get nothing in this world. We deserve to get nothing. But yet his mercy keeps pouring grace and mercy on us. If God refuses to do any more thing in your life, in my life, he's done more than enough giving me eternal life. He's done more than enough saving me. He's done more than enough. And friends, we must must, must have a, a better mindset because the life that God has given to you, eternal life, is better than anything. It's better than things. It is here on earth we deal with things. We don't ride cars in heaven. We fly. Air Phillips. So those of you who are waiting for the next, you know, space wagon that will take you to, you know, outer space, you just cross, just get to a little bit of orbit, and say, oh, what a wonderful experience. Then you come down. Some people went for a, a, you know, a short ride, shot right up in the air, and they say, wow, wow. Wait, when we get to heaven, we're just fire. You just do like this, and then you're, you're in the next space. Remember what happened to Phillips? That's what they call F. Phillips. Suddenly, God just took him. Psh, he landed somewhere else. He saw a man who was reading the Bible and said, look, hey, what are you reading? Do you understand what you're reading? Say, how can I understand? Send somebody teaches me. And then he teaches the person, psh, he went somewhere else. It is here we need things. We don't need things in heaven. It is here we marry. We don't marry in heaven. It is here we say, oh, my son, my daughter. There's no son or daughter in heaven. All of us are the same. It is here we talk about living on homes and houses. We don't live on houses. There are mansions out there. In fact, the mega mansions. that, are... Even if it is, you know, as one of my pastors would say, face me and slap you, you're living in. When you get to heaven, there are Mansions. Mansions. So we must not be encumbered by things here. Thank God for the things he set aside for you and I in heaven. And do what? Appreciate him. Appreciate him for what he has done. Paul puts it this way in Hebrews 13 verse 15. He says, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise. Things are working, praise him. Things are not working, praise him. Things are not the way it ought to be, praise him. Let the fruit of your lips appreciate God. Appreciate him. Appreciate him. Somebody used to say that even your prayer point, where you are saying to God that you don't want to be, is somebody else's prayer. Lord, make me like so-and-so so, so, brother. Let's appreciate him. Maybe one second, just, just, just say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I just appreciate you. Lord, I appreciate you. And last but not least, and I close at this point. Haven't done all. Haven't done all. You have gotten a word. You have encouraged yourself. You have trusted God. You have pushed. You have appreciated God. If you have done everything, what do you do next? Rejoice. Tell somebody rejoice. Put it out there in the chat room. Rejoice. Tell, put her that in the chat room. Rejoice. 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 Sometimes many of us are walking the streets as if the whole weight of the world is on our shoulder. The face is gloomy. The mind is burdened. Rejoice. Rejoice. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. So if there's nothing else to so rejoice on, rejoice in the Lord. You say always, and again, I say rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice simply means be cheerful with joy, joyous celebration. In other words, you wake up in the morning, you don't have food on your table, but you are doing what you're just singing. Hallelujah anyhow. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, he has done wondrous things. For me. You make your own song. You you don't need to be a Ron No, or Dignity. You create your own music. That's the way it is. Create your own music. Create your own music. And The the, the interesting thing is that the best music is the music that comes from the soul to God in worship. That's the best music. That's the best lyrics. In fact, it it is those lyrics that God appreciates most. Hallelujah anyhow. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, he has done wondrous things for me. I just created this song. (laughs) You just sing your own song. Rejoice, rejoice. Why are you rejoicing? Somebody may say you are rejoicing because there's much more to life than where you are. There's much more to life. much more to life. You are rejoicing because what? You have eternal life. You are rejoicing because you know that God is working something out for you. You are rejoicing because you know your tomorrow is better than your yesterday. You are rejoicing because you know that irrespective of what the devil likes or does, he's already conquered. He's already defeated. He's already defeated. One of the reasons why I like Muhammad Ali, I don't know, you know, back in the days... Uh, these days I don't like I don't all these uh, boxers. Uh, uh, <laughs> None of them has the kind of finesse that Muhammad Ali had in his days. And one of his one of his the stories we go to look at at some point in the ring, Muhammad would drop his hands and say, "Hey, let's let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got." And then. The, the, the opponent will come gag, 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 ga, and then the guy will just be bouncing like this and be smiling. I said, How can you be in a serious fight? The, the guy is dropped hands. He said, Try all you got. And then he's, he's bouncing around. He's bouncing. And then he's dodging you. And he said, Oh, that is all? Hey, hey, that is all? You see, When you do that to the devil, he gives you an uppercut. <laughs> That's all you got? He gives you a left hand, I say, Ah, that's all you got. <laughs> he gives you this is the last one we got. The guy will say, ah, Let's leave that guy. <laughs> let's just leave that guy. It's just too hot. It's just too hot. But I say, the moment you begin, it gives you one and you begin to, mm, God, God, I don't know. God, I just don't know. God, I just don't know. I say, hey, we've got in him. We've got in her. Let's give him another one. Then he gives you another one again. See, uh, (laughs) pastor, uh, pastor, you don't even know what it is I've gone through now, pastor. If 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 God doesn't do something now, I'm just going to change my mind. (laughs) The the devil, we know that hey, he's gotten you. That's why you got to rejoice. You're rejoicing because you know that, irrespective of it all, God is on the throne. He never changes his address. He's still your father. He still cares. He still loves you much more than anything. That is why the, 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 the Habakkuk says in three, chapter 3 and verse 17, he, 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 he says, Though the fig tree does not blossom. If you look at that trajectory of scriptures, you realize that it's from one doom to the other. He said, No fruits on the olives. Though the labor of the olive may fail. First, there was no, 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 the fig tree was not blossoming. The next thing, the fruits are failing. Then the olives are failing. And then he says, and the fields yield no fruit. Uh, and then he goes on to say, and the flock may be cut off from the fold. Uh, and then he goes on to say, and, there, and no more hard in the store. everything is just going from one level of doom to the other. But look at what it says in verse 18. It says, yet. I, I like this power of yet. Sorrowful, but yet rejoicing. But you've got to come to a place, friends, where you're going to make up your mind. Things are not working, but yet I will rejoice. I say I will rejoice in the Lord. I will, I will joy in the God of my salvation. In other words, no matter what the devil does to me, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. Why Because you know that God is working out things in your favor. Friends, wipe your tears and be joyful. Friends, here in the sound of my word, you prayed and nothing seems to be working. Wipe your tears and do what? Rejoice. You, you've you tried fasting and it doesn't seem as if things are working for you. Do what? Rejoice. You've you looked for a job. You applied to so many places and you're beginning to get depressed. Get up on your feet and do what? Put on your dancing shoes and rejoice. Why? God is working out something for you. Rejoice. Rejoice. Are there people who are joyful in the house? Who are glad that God did something for them? Stand to your feet and give him a shout of praise. Thank you for listening to today's word, and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to infothroneofgracecanada.ca. The Word Works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives, establishing His Kingdom.